Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the verdict is in. The jury finds former officer Derek Chauvin guilty of murder and manslaughter in the death of George Floyd. The moment the verdict was read. Find the defendant guilty, guilty, guilty. The reaction in the courtroom. Floyd's family reacts. On the streets of Minneapolis and across the country. What the jury's decision means for the nation, the social justice movement, and the course of history. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with that breaking news. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has been found guilty in the death of George Floyd. It took the jurors less than 11 hours to reach the unanimous decision on all three charges, including second and third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. The charges could put him behind bars for up to 40 years. Moments after the verdicts were read, Chauvin's bail was revoked and he was led away from the courtroom in handcuffs. He will be sentenced later this year. Chauvin pinned Floyd to the ground with his knee on the 46-year-old's neck for nearly nine and a half minutes on Memorial Day last year, as Floyd repeatedly said he couldn't breathe, and bystanders begged the veteran officer to get off of him. Cell phone video of Floyd's death horrified Americans and galvanized a nationwide social justice movement, leading to protests in cities across the country and those calls for police reform. Well, tonight, the crowds that have gathered outside of the courthouse and at the intersection where Floyd died are celebrating. We've got our team of correspondents standing by with new reporting on the verdict and what comes next. CBS's Jamie Ucas has been covering the trial and is going to lead off our coverage front 
Minneapolis. And good evening, Jamie. What a day it has been. Unbelievable day, Nora. No one saw this coming so fast. After nearly a year since the death of George Floyd, Derek Chauvin will spend his first full night behind bars. The courtroom was silent today as the judge read the verdict. Tonight, former officer Derek Chauvin learned his fate. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count one, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. Guilty of second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. Chauvin showed no reaction as the verdicts were read. He was let out in handcuffs. Outside the courtroom, a crowd erupted in cheers. Ben Crump is the Floyd family attorney. We were on the right side of history as we fought for justice for George Perry Floyd Jr. Say his name. The historic verdict came after nearly three weeks of testimony from 45 witnesses, several officers, including Minneapolis's police chief, tearing down the blue wall of silence, condemning Chauvin's actions. To continue to apply that level of force to a person proned out, handcuffed behind their back, that in no way, shape, or form is anything that is by policy, is not part of our training, and it is certainly not part of our ethics or our values. Then there were the medical experts who testified Floyd died from a low level of oxygen caused by the officers. The activities of the law enforcement officers resulted in Mr. Floyd's death, and that specifically those activities were the subdual, the restraint, and the uh, neck compression. (laughs) There was emotion throughout the trial from loved ones and bystanders, including a 9-year-old girl and a 61-year-old man who felt helpless as they watched George Floyd die. On the final day of testimony, Chauvin told the judge that he would not be testifying in his own defense. Uh, I will invoke my Fifth Amendment privilege today. During their closing argument, prosecutors left the jury with this message. It's exactly what you saw with your eyes. It's exactly what you knew. It's what you felt in your gut. It's what you now know in your heart. This wasn't policing. This was murder. It was a racially diverse jury made up of seven women and five men. Half of them were white, the other half black and mixed race. After Floyd's death last summer sparked weeks of protest and pockets of violence across the country, the verdict comes at a high-stakes moment in the wake of multiple cases of deadly police force against young black men. I would not call today's verdict justice, however, because justice implies true restoration. But it is accountability, which is the first step towards justice. George Floyd mattered. And Jamie Yukas is back with us. You've been in the courtroom. You're one of the few people who has seen this jury. What's your sense? So it's interesting. When I was inside the courtroom, the jury was very animated. They were intense looking at witnesses and the attorneys and also the defendant and those of us inside the courtroom. Today, what we heard is that as the verdict was read, they were silent. Nora. 
So much relief there in Minneapolis. All right, Jamie Yukas, thank you. Let's bring in CBS News legal analyst Ricky Kleeman, who watched this whole trial with us. And Ricky, what do you make of how quickly the jury found Derek Chauvin guilty on all three counts? Use of force cases usually involve a matter of seconds, split-second decisions and determinations. This case was different. The jury could look with their own eyes and listen when they saw that videotape. This was nine minutes and 29 seconds of excessive use of force and over three minutes after George Floyd was non-responsive and lost his ability to live. So I am not surprised that the verdict was this quick because we don't see evidence like this in most other cases. The evidence in some ways overwhelming and definitive. And Ricky, up next, the sentencing. What can we expect from that? The sentencing will be in approximately eight weeks. As you pointed out, Nora, there is a maximum on the top count of 40 years. These sentences would run concurrently because they are all part of one act. What will happen here is that the judge will consider mitigating factors that help Derek Chauvin and aggravating factors that make a sentence possibly much more strict than the guidelines. The guidelines are 10 and three-quarter years to 15 years, even on the count of murder in the second degree. But with the ability for an upward departure for an aggravator, and the aggravator comes just from committing a crime in front of a child. And here we had a nine-year-old child who testified. So the judge has the ability to go all the way to the maximum if he should so choose. Really interesting. Ricky Kleeman, thank you so much for your excellent analysis. Security has been a big issue. CBS's Jeff Pegues is in Minneapolis, just outside the government center, and he's been covering this case since George Floyd was killed last Memorial Day. Jeff, let's talk about that. We know there was this big security buildup before the verdict. What's happening there now? Well, Nora, even with the verdict, You don't see police or the National Guard standing down. As you know, there are about 3,000 members of the National Guard here, and they've been here in in anticipation of this verdict. But here's what you see behind me right now. This huge crowd is blocking this major intersection here in downtown Minneapolis, 7th Street, 3rd Avenue. They've been here for at least the last hour celebrating. And caught in the middle of this are some motorists who are just trying to get home. The moment the verdicts were read... Find the defendant guilty. Outside the courthouse, cheers and celebrations, with horns honking, hugs at the site where George Floyd was killed, tears and activists saying his name. Did you have doubts that you would see this day, even though you, like the rest of the world, saw that videotape. Yes. I didn't have doubts that he was guilty. I had doubts in terms of white supremacy. In Washington, D.C., the Congressional Black Caucus agreed with the verdict in Atlanta satisfaction, but shocked for some in the crowds outside the courthouse. Uh, You know, I'm I'm happy. I'm shocked. um, But we need to continue holding officers accountable. But we need real legislative uh, change in this country and um, really look at how we can move the needle because this can't keep happening. This cannot be our reality each and every day. Bracing for videos. 
And Jeff is back with us. And Jeff, it's interesting to hear the reaction of law enforcement and organizations tonight to this verdict. Yeah, my phone, Nora, is blowing up with reaction from law enforcement officials across the country. One uh, top law enforcement official telling me anonymously uh, that he thinks that this is the right verdict. He says, I hate that the entire policing profession is being viewed through the lens of Derek Chauvin. The International Association of Chiefs of Police in Washington, D.C., releasing a statement on the verdict saying that they hope that now is the time to look at evidence-based reforms and to heal, come together and forge a construct constructive path forward. So you have some of the reaction coming in from the law enforcement community. As you know, Nora, what was significant about this trial was that you had the chief of police testifying against Derek Chauvin. That in itself sending a statement. An excellent point. Jeff Pagay is there in Minneapolis. Thank you so much. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tonight, President Biden is weighing in on the trial and the lawyers for George Floyd's family are calling on him to push Congress to pass police reform. CBS's Nancy Cordes is at the White House for us tonight. Good evening, Nancy. Good evening, Nora. And I expect that that issue will come up when President Biden speaks to the nation from the White House later tonight. The vice president, Kamala Harris, is expected to speak as well. But we already know how President Biden feels about this verdict, because earlier today in the Oval Office, before the verdict came down, he said that he felt the evidence was overwhelming, that he was praying that the verdict would be, quote, the right verdict. We're told that he and the vice president actually watched the verdict come down with staff in the private dining room. And afterwards, they spoke with members of the Floyd family by phone. The family's lawyer, Ben Crump, posted some of the video of that conversation on Twitter. President Biden telling the Floyds how relieved he was about the verdict. And he called it, quote, a first shot at dealing with genuine systemic racism. This is a White House, Nora, that has really been on edge all day. They didn't know whether President Biden would have to come out tonight calling for calm or if he'd be coming out to say that justice had been served. We now know it'll be the latter. Nancy Cordes at the White House, thank you. Joining us now is Michael Eric Dyson, professor of African-American studies at Vanderbilt University. And Michael, we heard Minnesota's attorney general say tonight, this is not justice, it's accountability. One verdict doesn't heal deep wounds. So what happens next? Well, I think he's absolutely right. And what we have to remember is these are systemic issues. It's not isolated incident here and an isolated incident there. Uh, these things have repeatedly happened across the board. And so what must we do to make certain that policing itself uh, is rid of the systemic inequities, the unconscious biases and the conscious bigotries that have often flooded that community um, with, with a kind of deleterious and negative impact on black people? How can black people feel safe when the police stop them? Like 
Dante Wright, right there in Minnesota, uh, who felt that his life would be challenged, would be vulnerable if he stopped with the police, for the police, and God knows he ended up being shot. So we have to make certain that we do police reform across the board, that we dismantle systems of inequity that lead to the perpetuation of the loss of life for black and poor people in this nation. And until we have a serious reckoning with what is going on across the board, we won't have true justice uh, for black citizens in this country. Let's also bring in CBS's Wes Lowry. He joins us. He won a Pulitzer for his reporting on use of force by police. And, and Wes, this question now, the systemic reform is needed. What do you expect happens? It's a big question about what's going to happen next. You know, I was watching the verdict with a long-time activist here in Los Angeles who had been involved going back 30 years to Rodney King and beforehand. And he said, you know, this verdict shows that black life matters, that Americans can see and feel the pain that black Americans have seen for so long. But he noted that one verdict is not, in fact, a systemic change. The big questions we still have before us is what, if any, changes, systemic and structural changes to policing are uh, elected officials, both locally and nationally, willing to engage in. But beyond that, uh, this, this bigger question of, you know, will black Americans be able to achieve full justice, equity, equality under law, right? It's been the push and pull, the struggle going back to this nation's original sin. Now, today uh, is a day that looks very different than 30 years ago when, you know, four not guilty verdicts came down in the beating of Rodney King, a videotaped atrocity that was to many black Americans a depiction of a clear abuse of, of, of power. Today, we see three guilty verdicts. George Floyd's family receives justice, but they've still lost George Floyd, right? And so on the one hand, we see guilty verdicts, activists getting what they've called for in this case, something that looks like accountability. On the other hand, George Floyd was still killed. He was still underneath former officer Derek Chauvin's knee for more than nine minutes. And the verdicts today don't change that. Mm -hmm. But does it encourage the type of reform that's needed legislatively? Well, it could cut in both directions. One, one thing I would note is that a lot of the reforms that have been proposed both nationally and, lo- uh, nationally and locally are reforms that would not have saved George Floyd's life, uh, that had some of these pieces of legislation been passed, George Floyd still would have been killed if the officer chose to do this. I do think this does help build momentum on Capitol Hill, uh, but there's a secondary question of whether or not the legislation being considered will, in fact, speak to the problems that the folks in the street are talking about. On the other hand, There's also a chance that if activists are calling for big systemic change, people who might be opponents to that reform might say, well, look, the system works as is. Why do we need to change things? The officer was found guilty. He's being sent to prison. And so there still is a push and pull here uh, about whether or not change will happen. And again, even if it does happen, if it will actually be the type of change that ensures there will not be additional George Floyds. And currently, we're not seeing any legislation being proposed that on the merits would prevent something like what happened last summer. Such an important point. Wes Lowry and Michael Eric Dyson, thank you very much for joining us. And tonight, Johnson & Johnson says it will resume rolling out its vaccine in Europe after drug regulators there said the benefits outweigh the risks. But those regulators also said it should come with a warning about a possible link to blood clots. Here in the U.S., the FDA could make a decision later this week on whether to resume distribution of the J&J shot. 
Tonight, archaeologists are celebrating an historic discovery in the woods of Maryland. They found what is believed to be the site of the home owned by Harriet Tubman's father there. Yet there, young Harriet learned about the Underground Railroad, the secret passage to the north taken by enslaved people from the south. Bricks, a coin, and pottery fragments were found in the area that may soon be accessible to visitors. George Floyd's death and his name became a rallying cry in America, a symbol of injustice and police brutality. We've all seen the horrifying moments captured on police body cams, witnesses standing on the sidewalk begging Officer Derek Chauvin to stop, close-ups of the officer's knee on George Floyd's neck, and a grown man lying prone, helpless on the street, crying for his mother. It sparked a reckoning over race and justice in America. But today's guilty verdict was a reckoning of a new kind, a measure of justice that many feel has been long delayed. The people we spoke to last year in the place where George Floyd died told us the road to justice wouldn't be easy. The injustices are systemic. The barriers too great. The crowd who came to memorialize George Floyd were multi-generational, multiracial, and they wanted change. They were back there today to mark this moment of accountability. For the last year, we have been in search of a more perfect union, and today we may be one step closer. And that is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We'll see you back here tonight. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at paramountshop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of evening news. And you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.